Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Nola Pizza in the Nola Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Rusciutti, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Rusciutti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. There was a time in the U.S., not all that long ago, when all of us fell into a few very homogeneous groups. Uh, you were either an employer or an employee. There was no such thing as a gig economy worker or a startup entrepreneur. Very few people were openly members of any of the categories L, G, B, T, or Q, and nobody referred to themselves as neurodivergent. If you go back to our own memories of childhood, do you remember a time when you thought you didn't fit in? You probably do, because in reality, there is nothing objective to fit into. We learn to become what is expected of us, or we did. Today, we have a far greater freedom to become the person we truly want to be. And instead of trying to beat creativity and idiosyncrasies out of people, we see the wisdom of equipping atypical individuals with skills that let them function while retaining their individuality. That's Adela Baker's job. Adela is CEO of a company called Mind Coach NOLA. Mind Coach NOLA provides individual and group sessions to people Adela calls turbo thinkers. Turbo thinkers are folks who struggle with executive function skills and impulse management. A lot of Adela's clients are entrepreneurs and creatives. Adela Baker, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. Nice to be here. Gabriel Flores started down the road to the million-dollar business he owns today when he was arrested for spray painting on the walls at Slidell High. <laughs> today, Gabriel is the owner of Inkwell Press. The Inkwell Press designs and produces screen printing and embroidery on a number of items, including T-shirts, professional workwear, promotional items like flags, koozies, glassware, and, and much more. An even greater connection to Gabriel's less-than-illustrious entree into the art world is his allied company, New Orleans Paint and Design. It's an acronym, N-O-P-D, a tip of the hat to his original story. And even more ironically, the business itself is a mural painting company. You can see NOPD's murals all around New Orleans, including at Whole Food, the Ace Hotel, Margie's Grill, and in locally shot movies and TV shows. Gabriel Flores, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, great to be here. Adela, you have a business background. When your son was diagnosed with ADHD, you discovered there was no place for him to get the kind of all-around skills you believed he needed to succeed, not just in school, but in life. So being an entrepreneur, you got certified as an ADHD coach. You went on to build that training into a successful business with a team of 10 coaches working with school kids with ADHD. In the last few years, you've evolved the business from working with kids to working exclusively with adult patients who you describe as turbo thinkers. So let's start there. Who exactly is a turbo thinker and how would I know one if I am one? <laughs> That's a great question. So um, in some people say that ADHD is really the, it's all about self-regulation. It's the inability to self-regulate our thoughts, our actions, and our emotions. So in kids, we see that hyperactivity in the classroom, kids jumping up and down. 
but in adults, it's really it's our hyperactive brain. Um, we cannot shut it down. We are constantly producing ideas. If you get a group of neurotypicals in a room and you say, let's brainstorm an idea, you'll have silence and then maybe bing. But then you get a group of turbo thinkers in a room and let's start, let's brainstorm on an idea and it's going to be like machine gun fire. It's going to be like So we have, we are constantly producing ideas, constantly connecting the dots in all kinds of interesting ways in a very non-linear format. So instead of thinking in a very linear, consequential way, we are thinking in ways that it's some people describe it like fireworks or like uh, throwing paint on a wall, since we're talking about paint Which here as so well. Which is so much better than machine guns. They yes, really are. Yes. <laughs> so there's many other ways of looking at it. Now, Gabriel, after hearing your story about how you got arrested at Slidell High and later got kicked out of the TOPS program at LSU because it was underfunded, I Googled the saying, success is the best revenge. Apparently, it was Frank Sinatra who coined that observation. I believe he also said, alcohol won't cure your problems, but neither will water or milk. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not probably relevant here. In Sinatra's case, success certainly came with its own drawbacks, but essentially, he made a fortune doing what he always did, which was singing songs. In your case, success means something very different from spray painting walls. Success means running a company of 10 employees. You got into this business because you wanted to be an artist, and now you're a business person wrangling employees, liaising with clients, balancing books, and all the other demands that eat up a day when you're running a business. Are you loving being successful as a business person who's able to employ people or is there a part of you that still wants to be the guy with the spray can? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I still am the guy with the spray can, so that's nice. That's, that's a good part of it. But um, I would say that, you know, I do get some fulfillment out of the fact that I, I have a trade and a skill set that I can share with my employees and that I can teach them, um, you know, and it's also paying their rents and things like that. So that's, that's nice. Um, uh, but I'll be honest, you know, for me, owning the business was never about managing other people and and that's probably the part of the business that I dislike the most but what I've come to realize is if you train people really well and if you if you you know impart enough knowledge to these these employees that you have that can afford you the time to focus on the art and the design and the things that you know you're more uh, interested in or you know in my case so that's where I'm really at at this point. Um, it took me a long time because having no real experience or, or no uh, education in, in business, it took me a long time to kind of feel my way through the dark to, to figure out how to get there because I think um, it kind of comes natural for entrepreneurs to want to do everything themselves, right? And so it's kind of a hard thing to fight back is where you relinquish control and start giving that, that ability to other people. So yeah, I think that's really where I'm at right now is trying to pivot from having established this business to really focusing on my passion, which is art and design. You're a delegator now. That's right. Which, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> Adela, when you were describing um, uh, adults with ADHD, I keep thinking of the generations, the whole generation that kind of viewed multitasking as this great skill or whatever. Is that what we're talking about here? Our brains jump from idea to idea. Um, the challenge for, um, for for our brain type, I would say, for turbo thinkers, is to stay in the present moment. We tend to either 
go in the past and ruminate or regret or go into the future and catastrophize and imagine the very, very worst. Sometimes um, that could be also the very, very best, fantasizing, like, okay, I'm having trouble writing this first paragraph or this first line even when I have to write a whole book and then I'm already envisioning not just the chapter and the book, but then also the movie version and who's going to star in it and then the series on Netflix and then here I am receiving an Academy Award, right? And I haven't even written that very first line. Um, so I don't know if that answers your, your question. Absolutely. I, I can <laughs> we, we can go in all kinds of directions. The, the challenge is how do I stay here and now and just do the next step? I feel like you've been inside my brain because that's definitely <laughs> how I feel all the that's time. That's why I brought you in here. You're actually impatient now. There's a, the, yeah. Sign me up. The, uh, Gabriel, you know, one of the things I think about in terms of mural painting is something that happened, at, let's see, it must have been about six years ago. Uh, Neil Morris, who's a, an architect, and he uh, actually was a former student of mine, he, had, he commissioned a painting on a wall that was like kind of over-the-top anti-Trump, mm -hmm. and the city wanted it taken off, and then... ACLU came in, and I don't even know how it ended, but mm -hmm. what are the rules on all that? Yeah, so I'm familiar with that story, and Neil, um, he did the, I guess it was called the New Orleans Mural Project or something like that. Um, so I think what happened was the city just ended up relenting because, uh, you know, uh, because of the pressure from that, and they basically said that they can't, they don't have to um, sign off on the content of a mural anymore, like they don't really have the right. So um, as far as the mural permit i don't think it exists anymore in new orleans as far as i know um as long as you have uh permission from the building owner you know that's that's enough um that's from my understanding yeah. um otherwise it'd be tagging or something right would be yeah i mean my my thing about that was i went to the initial meeting with neil when he started that project and there was some other professional muralists there my my issue with that was that I understood where Neil was coming from, but I also felt like he was approaching it in a way that didn't really respect the artists because he was essentially hiring people, local people, on like shoestring budgets and like with very little time for preparation and asking them to paint murals sort of to defend his point around the city. And then he would hire people from outside the city, like national artists, and pay them like real, you know, yeah. uh, commission, you know, things like that. And I just felt like, you know, you you should take care of the city first and the artists in the city first, and you should make sure that you're not setting this precedent where people expect mural art for free, right? Or for like these very minimal budgets and very little time to plan. So it was kind of a double-edged sword there. I think I, in in essence, I understood what he was doing and I supported that, but the way he went about it, I was a little not not super supportive of. Adele, I have to ask, you started with children. That's when I started doing the research on you, that's what I thought was going to happen. Why did you switch to adults? Um, adults have skin in the game. They're much more interested and interesting in so many ways. Most of the kids I was seeing was because it was they were feeling pressure from their parents or from society to perform well in school. It really had to do with their academic performance. Um, and I'm interested in the whole person, not just in their academic performance. Um, working with adults, I can help them achieve what they want, and an adult has a much better understanding of what is important to them. 
a child, first of all, their brain isn't completely fully developed. The prefrontal cortex doesn't develop. They in, say in, in men later. In, yes. yes I was and just then say. With, <laughs> with ADHD, it could be up to three years. Uh, the executive function skills there, and even up to three years um, lagging behind that. So, in one of the main executive function skills affected by ADHD is intrinsic motivation. In we, um, a neurotypical person is motivated by secondhand interest. So that could be what your spouse tells you to do, what the government tells you to do, what your boss tells you to do. An ADHD brain is interested by fun and novelty or by personal interest. And that personal interest is tied to passions. So what is interesting to Gabriel or what is interesting to you is not necessarily interesting to me. So in, together with working with the client, uh, we figure out, well, what are your core values? What is important to you? What is your purpose? And how do we identify what is going to trigger that intrinsic motivation within you? That's a very individual process. Um, and it's fun to collaborate with a client and discover that. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm working with ADHD coach Adela Baker from NOLA Mind Coach. Adela works with adult patients she describes as turbo thinkers. And Gabriel Flores, owner of screen printing company The Inkwell Press and mural company The New Orleans Paint and Design. Gabriel, you know, you do, you do things for money, obviously, and you're also an, an artist. Sometimes in the old days you would hear about an artist doing pot boiler work. You know, in other words, I needed this to... I needed this money to get the free time to do what I'm doing. On the stuff you do for regular business, is there still some area for creativity and, and all that, that that pleases you? In terms of uh, the Inkwell Press? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we do a lot of um, artwork and design for musicians and bands and local brands. And honestly, that's what we kind of started out as. I worked at a screen printing shop uh, in New Orleans for over seven years before I started my own business. And I started out in a little back house on, on uh, Rosalie Alley off Piety Street. And, um, and at that time, it was mainly for friends of mine that were in bands. Like I said, bands, people starting their own uh, like clothing lines, stuff like that. So designing for people like that is, is still really fun. We still do like the construction companies and you know a school job here and there, like those jobs that keep the lights on. But for the most part, you know, uh, it's about supporting like what I, what we call like the cultural economy. You know, um, you know, we do print work for Preservation Hall, Big Frida, um, you know, lots of small businesses. You know, and so it's it's nice because I think creating something for another entrepreneur or another business, it doesn't just end there. It's it's not just us making money for the service that we provide. Now we're creating a physical product where they can help support their business through a new you know revenue stream of selling merchandise you know that we provide so that's that's like the good you know side effect or further effect of what we do that I that I take pride in you know and uh, Gabriel you actually come from you guys came from uh, different sides your business has grown so much you now manage 10 people and I'm Adele, at 12 you, now actually. 12 yeah. wow there's, <laughs> there's two right on the stairwell here we just met them they, uh, it is but Adele you went from 10 people or so and said I just want to do it myself I missed coaching. <laughs> uh, I, I love managing, but I love coaching even more. Um, and so 
my mission has remained the same, to serve as many people as possible worldwide affected by ADHD. Um, only now I can do it one-on-one, -on -one, but I also do groups. And so I have groups. Um, I'm launching um, an online course, so to speak, as well. Um, and then I also collaborate with a bunch of other coaches. I'm, I, I serve on the board and I also train and mentor rising ADHD coaches. So through all of this, I'm, I'm serving the greater community on a global scale, which COVID has you know, right. made it now accessible and possible for, for many people to accept treatment online. Well, so I, I have clients all over the world at this moment. Gabriel, in, in Wall Street speak, your business is capital heavy or asset heavy because uh, you, you know, like when you went to embroidery, that's a big piece of equipment and all that. Uh, Absolutely. How do you, I guess what it would make is you really have to make a clear decision on whether it's worth it. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really tough. Um, you know, so for me, it's always been just an organic growth. You know, um, I've been in business 16 years. Um, I've been screen printing for over 20 years now. And as far as, you know, our, our growth pattern, it was just, I always just managed what I could and just grew slowly. I never really took the risks, but now that I'm where I'm at now, I kind of look back sometimes and wish I had taken risks earlier. You know what I mean? Um, initially it was uh, just myself printing everything, doing all the, all the work by myself. After like year three or four, I hired my first employee. And then, you know, um, I used the original equipment that I purchased for probably the first uh, like eight years, nine years of business. Um, so it wasn't until like almost that year 10 that we invested in an automatic press, um, an embroidery machine. Last year, before the end of the year, we bought another embroidery machine. Um, we just bought a direct-to-screen machine. I mean, these are heavy equipment, expensive pieces of equipment. And um, what I'm learning is, is um, automating the process is important, right? Because if you can get a machine to do the work of a human, you can get the human to do the work that a machine can't, right? So. And by, by automating your process and speeding things up, um, if you can get more revenue, then you can hire more employees, right? So that's been really important as far as our growth. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, and you know, I don't know, people maybe with business majors would say like, you know, it took you too long to get there, right? Like maybe it's not a successful business if you're not making X amount of money by a certain usually, date, right? It's usually bringing on a lot of debt and a lot of risks, so right, uh, right. you're doing the right thing. But you know, I'll say, you know, from the beginning of my business, I never was in debt. I've never been in debt. I mean, I, I really, except for even right now, this this last piece of equipment, I bought cash because I was like, I was about to finance it. And with the rise in interest rates and everything, and I, I said, you know what? I have the cash, let me just buy it cash. And then I'll just make up for it on the back end, you know? But I always just waited until I was able to do things, you know, till it felt comfortable. Um, but again, like I said, sometimes I look back in retrospect and wish I had done it a little earlier. But you never, you wouldn't know that until no. you get there. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Don't look back. Yeah. <laughs> I like hearing your story because all of your keys to success so far are not just because of the way you think, but also I like to say collaborate, delegate, automate, eliminate wherever possible. Okay. And you're like just that. like bam, bam, bam. You're yeah, knocking yeah. it out and doing it. I'm learning all these good new like yeah. things like that. Uh, you know, somebody recently was telling me you got to work on your business, not in your business. You know, and I'm like. Psh 
why did nobody tell me that you know yeah. 10 yeah. years ago you know we tend to think that we can do it all by ourselves exactly. and nobody can do it better and we don't want to be found out if we can't master it ourselves right um and you've surpassed that yeah. that's awesome hey adela um when i don't know much about the diagnosis but um i used to think that it was adhd was kind of on a spectrum um and you know like and but now i'm thinking uh, i was reading some of your work that it's kind of yes or no it's not it's like you can't be a little pregnant it's um is that the way it works <laughs> yes uh that is the way it works and <laughs> we all can experience the symptoms associated with adhd when under stress and so um, especially after the pandemic or during the pandemic um, things were on shaky ground uh, a lot of people and I, I have had a lot of clients uh, patients come to me um, saying, I don't have an official diagnosis, I'm not sure, yes or no, but I would like some help because um, they're not able to manage their time, they're not, they're not clear on their priorities, they're also a little unclear as to what they want to do. They've, you know, the situations are, are now such that they're questioning the meaning of life and why am I in the right career and why do I want to do this? Um, and so that's also a good time to, to seek coaching. I should have sought you yeah. out yeah. last year. I mean, it's, I like to say it's, it's pills and skills, you know. Oh, it's, that's Some people though. need the pills and some people don't, but we all need the skills. Some people need glasses to see and some people don't, but we all need to be taught how to read. So you're and not so, anti-meds? No, no, I'm not. I, they're not for everybody. But skills are. <laughs> That's true. Gabriel, uh, the person that we're most used to seeing in murals, I guess not used to, but the big name is Banksy. Mm -hmm. um, how do you build a reputation like that? Uh, with him, I mean, his, his art is more of just like a, it's very specific to its place and time, you know? Um, you know, Banksy does like stencil artwork, so it's not really what I would necessarily call murals. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's local muralists in New Orleans that I think have well established known. their names, yeah. you know. Um, I think it's just by getting the commissions, you know, when you get that art out there on the wall and you get a lot of eyeballs on it, you know, people start to ask who, who is that, and, and that's how that name gets out there. You know, I mean, one of the things that I've been, like, very bad about is, is creating a portfolio of my work, you know. Um, I graduated from Delgado, so it's I didn't really get the training I think that I needed to to understand what I was getting into. You know, I started my business mainly just so I didn't have to work for somebody else. Oh, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, you know, and and uh, and along the way, you know, it's just when you're in in business for yourself, you tend to just be full steam ahead, right? So you're not always collecting, like you know the the keepsakes in the portfolio and stuff like that so that's something that I'm working on I'm this year we're really pivoting a, a lot you know I've, I've I kind of got to a point where I was sort of uh what Adela was speaking to is like where I I started to wonder like am I doing the right thing the right business for myself you know like now that my son's in college and I don't have to you know worry about supporting him as much I mean you know he's, he's almost to the finish line there I'm starting to wonder like should I be doing a totally different like field of art you know um but i just went i just got back from austin texas from the south by uh flat stock show and they had a big uh convention on um flat stock which is screen printed posters gig posters and i was like over the moon inspired came back with a new you know battery in my back and just 
we have the ability to do flat stock printing at the shop, but we don't really sell that. So now what I'm really realizing is, you know, just not to take things for granted. And sometimes what you want is right under your nose. You're just not looking at it right, you know? And so I have that ability to do what I want more of, like, which is design and art. And I think by getting into this flat stock realm is gonna allow me to segue into that and focus more on doing art and design you know, and still do screen printing, you know? Yeah, well, I hate to be the one to tell you, but it doesn't end when they're 18. Yeah. yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's in the brochure if you go back, you can kind of see that. See, and you found a way to infuse novelty into it, which is going to feed your brain dopamine. Right. <laughs> I like that. Can you just buy dopamine? That seems to be the best idea. There's hey, we have great pizza here. <laughs> I love the pepperoni and dopamine. I just love that one. It's, uh, Adela, this is in terms of judging success, how does a turbo thinker actually stop turbo thinking? Uh, is that where drugs come in, or what, what happens? Mm. That's a good question. Um, do we ever want it to stop? <laughs> oh, because there is some upside. We don't want to cure anybody. I don't fix okay. people. Um, there's nothing wrong with ADHD brains. In fact, thank God for their existence. The world would be an extremely boring place without them. Not to mention all of our innovators have ADHD in some form or another. I mean, I wasn't around, but I am absolutely convinced that whoever invented the wheel had ADHD, right? Everybody else is just walking, trudging along, <laughs> and this guy's like, you know, hitting a rock with, with a piece of metal, and his wife's like, come on, will you? You know? But he's like, no, I'm on to something here, right? So we, we want innovators. We want this brain type in you know now there's been a conscious there's a conscious effort in fact within hiring processes to include neurodiverse people in the workplace so we definitely want this brain type there's nothing to fix by any means we definitely want want the people that have the the, the ideas um, they might have str struggle with executing the ideas but that's okay that's what staff is for right yeah absolutely <laughs> adela and gabriel Talking with the two of you brings to mind a two-word saying, be you. Unfortunately, sayings like be you, you do you, and live your best life have become social media cliches and memes, but for good reason. We keep encouraging each other with these little bits of advice because being your authentic self and living the life you want to live with only a minimal amount of necessary compromise is an extraordinary challenge. Adela, you're devoting your professional life to giving people the tools to, to simply be themselves. And Gabriel, you're a textbook example of the kind of success a person can achieve by having the courage to simply do what makes you happy. It has been great to meet both of you. Thank you, Adela and Gabriel, for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Nice. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Adela Baker, certified ADHD coach and CEO of Mind Coach NOLA, and Gabriel Flores, founder and owner of the Inkwell Press and New Orleans Paint and Design. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Adela's Turbo Thinkers and Gabriel's artworks by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast on your podcast app and on our website, itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. Photos today were taken by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at LaFleurphoto.com. 
www.itsneworleans.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room, 3001 Chapatula Street, open seven days a week. NOLA Brewing Tap Room has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York-style city pizza by NOLA Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com. 